Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I was lost, but you came and found me. You left your throne thinking about me. You bled and died to show me mercy. You gave your all because you saw my need. I was empty, but you came and filled me. I was blinded, but you helped me to see. I was broken, but you made me whole again. I felt like nothing, but you gave me confidence. And I'm filled with so much gratitude. But words are not enough to explain the magnitude, the passion of my love for you.
Welcome to Blessings by Grace Radio. Tonight is our weekly food for the soul Bible study sessions. Yes, tonight is Thursday night. Tonight is March the 11th, 2021. We are in the Apple Valley studio. The doctor is in tonight. He will be breaking down the word of God to you like always, like never before. So we are so elated tonight that you could be with us here in Radio Land. We are grateful for you to be here tonight, and we say thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us tonight. And if I could give some words of encouragement, I would just say keep striving towards the mark. Keep gearing yourself towards the mark like you've always done anyway. Keep going towards it. Don't change for no one. Do as God has instructed of you to do. Do not change for anybody. Just keep loving the people with the agape love that God has loved us with. God loves us. We can love someone too. It is such an amazing feat, and I'm just so elated that you guys could be here tonight as we delve into the Word of God. We're able to learn, to manifest, and to continue to allow the Lord to utilize us like never before. And it's so awesome that we have an opportunity to learn, first and foremost. I think it's good that we get a chance to learn from the Bible standpoint. We have a chance to learn all the good stuff that's in the Bible. I mean, yeah, you can read it, but it's also good when you can learn from the man of God, the word of God. I think that's awesome, and I think that it's good that we have this opportunity. So we should take this opportunity, and we should have the chance to learn. So let's get out our Bibles, our notepads, and the paper. And let's learn tonight. Each and every Thursday, the doctor is in. He's breaking down these scriptures, these texts, and he's really teaching us what thus says the Lord. So if you are ready, 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 let's get ready to learn with the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in. God bless. Thank you tonight. Amen. God bless you, Sister Gitasha. Again, for bringing us on tonight, we give all praise and we give all glory to Jesus tonight, who is the head of our life, and he is the bishop of our soul. As she already stated, amen, tonight is Thursday night, amen, and we're bringing you food for a thought tonight. We're bringing you the word of God, amen, to encourage you and to nourish you, amen, spiritually in the time that we are living in right now. God bless all of you in reading your land tonight. Amen. Uh, I encourage you, amen, as you have done. Amen. Tell somebody else, amen, and be connected to us, amen, on Wednesdays and Thursday night. We're sharing the word of God and nothing but the word of God. We're praying the prayer of faith along with you. Amen. We're going to the word of God tonight, and we're going to see what the Lord is talking about. Amen. In the book of Amen, Exodus, chapter 3, verse 7 and 10. In Exodus, chapter 6, verse 1, 5, and 6. And the Lord says, I have surely seen the affliction of my peoples, which are in Egypt, 
and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrow. And I am coming down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large, unto a land that flows with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perdicites and the Hivites and the Jubasites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring father my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Exodus 6, 1, 5 and 6 says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shall thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go. And with a strong hand, he shall drive them out of his land. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore says unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the bondage of Egypt, and I will rid you out of their bondage. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgment. God is talking to us today as well as he was talking to the children of Israel back in those days. My beloved, you that are going through for the Lord, I will encourage you to hold on to Jesus like never before. First of all, amen, the Lord, amen, told them, you see, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. God sees everything. God is a sovereign God. He knows all things. And he sees what his people is going through with right now. You don't have to tell God what you're going through with because he already knows what you are going through with. And many of us, amen, think that God is just in heaven and he's on his throne and he don't know what's going on. 
but not according to the word of God. God says, I, 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 I have surely seen the affliction of my peoples which are in Egypt. And I would like to interchange that word. Egypt can be a type of the world. I've seen my people that are in the world. And I see their oppressors. And I see what they are going through with. He said, I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, their taskmasters, their slave masters. Amen. That's working them for a little of no wedges. Won't allow them to achieve very much. That is the one that have the authority over them. God says, for I know their sorrow. I know they are barely making it. I know they are not living like everybody else living. God says, I see you, and I know. He says, but, and I will come down, and I will deliver them out of the hands of Egypt. Oh, amen. God says, I'm going to come down, and I will deliver them out of the hands of the world. Remember, saints, God know your struggles. And he know, amen, everything that you are going through with. And God hear your cry. Don't think that God don't hear your cry. I know many times, amen, we ask the Lord for different things that it doesn't seem like it's happening. But I want to say every cry that we make unto the Lord, God hears. It may not be time for him to reply and answer, but he hears our cry. God is concerned about his people. And don't let amen the devil make you think that he's not concerned about his people. And don't let the devil make you think that he's not concerned about the way that you have to live. You live a different life from the world. And it's not easy all the time. But because God has put you in this predicament, let us be obedient to his word. The biblical account of Exodus from Egypt, which spans Exodus chapter 1 through 15, it formed one of the central stories of the Old Testament. The narrator revealed that God of the Hebrews, he sees the plague of the Israelites' plague. And I'm translating that tonight, amen. God sees the plagues, amen, of his children today, of what they are going through. But God have not forgotten us. We are slaves for the servant of God. Or we are slaves unto the Lord. But he have compassion on them. And deliver them from their bondage. God, amen, will have compassion on us. And no matter how we struggle. And how miserable that life is. God will deliver us. 
The Exodus account both look forward to the root of the establishment of Israel in the patriarchs. They were looking, amen, forward from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who was renamed Israel in Genesis 32 and 28. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. God, amen, was going to deliver Israel And forward to a man, the covenant of the Lord would make with the Israel at Mount Sinai. God made a covenant, an agreement with Israel at Mount Sinai. Even the children of Israel had to go through so much. God made a covenant with them. And God don't break his covenant. No matter how long that it's seen, amen, we may be under bondage. Amen. They were under a natural bondage, but we are under spiritually bondage today. It also points, amen, towards in the time as a type of New Testament deliverance, deliverance of salvation. In which believers, they will enter into a covenant relationship with God. Now I'm wondering, have you entered into a covenant relationship with God? Have you told the Lord that you will obey him? You will serve him. You will honor him. And you wouldn't do what Pharaoh Ask you to do. No matter how hard a task and how rough the taskmasters was, you will still obey the Lord. In First Corinthians, Amen, ten, one and two, it will tell you that the Exodus reveal, Amen, the wonderful, wonderful. Characteristic of God. God was with those children down in bondage. He didn't leave them alone as they thought that they had it so bad. There wasn't nobody there to help them. God was right there. He was compassion. And God had love. And God had mercy. See, Deuteronomy. 4 and 31. Deuteronomy 5 and 10. Nehemiah 9 and 17. We'll show you where God had compassion. God was a merciful God. And he still is today. Indeed, the Lord was not one who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. God is not so high 
or he didn't make himself so high that he can't be touched with our feelings, our sorrow, our disappointment. God knows what we're going through with. And I know some of you out there feel like, amen, everybody that forsaken you. But we got a high priest. He can feel our infirmities. Hebrews 4 and 12. He may not answer you when you want him to answer you, but you got to keep on holding faith in Jesus. He was aware of the Israelites' suffering. Just as it was back there then, the Lord is the same today. Yesterday and forevermore, he is aware of your suffering. He's aware of your disappointments. He heard their cry and revealed his plan to rescue them. God is going to rescue his children. Israel, the natural children, amen. But now we are spiritually Israel, and we still need to be rescued. That same God is speaking to us. And he's letting us know, amen, I'm going to rescue you. Your life will not be, amen, like this always. The Exodus, amen, also revealed God's incredible power over the Egyptian false god. There is no god like our god. I don't care how great, amen, these false gods is set up to be. They are they have no comparison to our God that we serve. Pharaoh was a God back there then. And they believed in Pharaoh. But Pharaoh was just a mortal man, just like anybody else. But they had exalted him so high, they called him a God. We got gods today in our land. Sometimes, amen, our congressmen, our president, they are set up as gods. But our God that we serve, amen, he will show us his power and how great that he is over these false gods. He was in truth the most high God in Genesis Chapter 14 and 18 and 22. We have time to read that. In the showdown with the Egyptian deity. You see, there's going to be a showdown with all these people that think they God and all these people that think they have power. There's going to be a showdown between the real God and all these false gods. I thank God for really knowing the power of our Holy Redeemer. God repeatedly proved that he was capable of performing supernatural deeds. The God that we serve is capable 
of performing supernaturally. God can make the wind do what he wants to. He can make the water do what he wants to. He can make the trees blow like number one. God is a supernatural God. He revealed that he is the God of miracles. Able to suspend or change law or nature. God can change law and he can change nature. When they get ready, amen, we have seen some of that in our day and time, amen, where the Lord, amen, changes nature. Nature can be ferocious sometimes. Nature, amen, can get very ugly sometimes. And can't nobody do nothing about it. I don't care how smart science is. How much they can predict. When God gets ready to change nature, he can make nature do what he wants to. Destroy everything that is in the way. That's our God. He can cause fearful judgment. Yes, when he lets sometimes tornadoes. Come through our land and destroy, amen, everything in his way. He can call fearful judgment to fall upon the Egyptians and their land. That was back then, that day and time, amen. But he's the same today through the miracle of the Exodus. God raised up a deliverer. He raised up a deliverer. His prophet Moses. Acts seven thirty five. And he endowed him with a miraculous ministry to lead Israel across the Red Sea. Many times we don't want to go across the Red Sea. But if we're going to go to the promised land, we got to go across the Red Sea. And in order to go across the Red Sea, there are many obstacles in our way. There are many hindrances in our way. But if we're going to go across, we got to believe God will make a way for us. There's a sea, a Red Sea in your life right now. That you are trying to cross. Every every time you look on one side, there are mountains. You look behind you, your enemy, amen, is bills are being piled up. Everywhere you go, there's a Red Sea. But on their journey toward the promised land, Church, we are going, we are going toward the promised land. God didn't tell us it was going to be easy. But he showed us through, amen, the land of Israel, how rough it was going to be for the church. The Israelites, they celebrate this victory wrought by God. The Exodus delivered 
It remains a cause for celebration. When God brings you out of something, you ought to celebrate. When you see that the Lord, amen, has opened up some doors for you, you ought to celebrate. Today, as believers, recall God's miraculous deed. Amen. When you know God and brought you out of something that nobody else could bring you out, you ought to celebrate. He allowed you to cross the Red Sea. At the beginning of the book of Exodus, the descendants of Abraham were living outside the promised land of Canaan in the foreign country of Egypt. Through a series of unusual and trying circumstances, Joseph, the first son of Jacob, and Rachel rose to a position of government over the land of Egypt. God always got away. Joseph, when he was a young man, Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery. But that's the way that God, amen, had to redeem Israel. God's ways are not like our ways. You find that in Genesis 41, 39 through 44. During a devastating famine, it was a famine in the land, and amen, they had to go to Egypt to get food. And they didn't know, amen, that Joseph had made that high position. And they didn't know the one they sold. Now, amen, they had to ask for food. God provided you, Joseph, to spare, to spread Abraham offering from the extent by bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt and sustaining them there in Genesis 45, 5 through 11. The stay in Egypt would prove to be a very long 400 years. And as I think about the 400 years of slavery, the 400 years of in bondage, I'm going to bring that up to our day and time. I hear amen people say we was under slavery for 400 years. It's time for us to have some freedom. Well, let me tell you, as God sent Moses to deliver the children of Israel, God sent a Messiah to deliver us. What is 400 years compared to eternity? God said, I hear your cry. I know what you're going through with. I know what your 
taskmasters is done to you. I know what your government, I know what your president is done to you. Four hundred years, as God has prophesied in a dream to Abraham in Genesis the fifteenth chapter and verse thirteen. At first, the Israelites they enjoyed fables, statues with the Egyptians. See, any time you enjoy favor with the world, you in trouble. When you get relaxed and go to doing the same thing that the world has done, you are in trouble. You don't cross the line of holiness. However, a new king assumed the throne, which knew not Joseph. He didn't know Joseph like that old king did. And he couldn't take a chance. In Exodus 1 and 18, singly, he began the trouble. Things had changed. Things can change overnight to us. In response to their remarks, they grew in population. The king placed the people of Israel under hard abundance. This new king didn't know Joseph, didn't trust them, and too many were being born in their land. And this new king said, we got to do something. Because if we don't, they're going to populate us. And then they'll be able to take over what we already have. I'm looking at that amen right here in Los Angeles. There are some people believing overpopulating and push others out. The Pharaoh forced them to work in slave labor. Pharaoh forced them to work in slave labor camp. There is no different today, amen. They are working in sweat camps today. Right among us, unpaid. Afraid to tell what kind of condition they're in because they don't know who they're talking to. Their test master is governing them. It could be the police. could be the government. But God said coming to deliver his people. The Pharaoh focused them to work in slave labor camps, in building projects, Yes, we. it's no different than today. Look at it. You got, amen, people working for less money than some. In building projects such as construction, 
a building, amen, things for the city, underpaid. Ramos, and that's the other one in level. In an attempt, amen, to control the building population and suppress and change of an uprising. Farrah hatched a debaucherous plan. He wanted to carry out the he wanted the he wanted the Hebrew women. He could eliminate all the male babies. Get rid of all the male babies. Don't let no boy babies be born. Because if they do, it's gonna to be too much of conflict. It's gonna to be too much trouble in the land if you let these boy babies be born. These Hebrew boys. So he told the midwives to get rid of them. But the midwives, they feared God. They didn't do what Pharaoh, which was a God, ordered them to do. He enacted a second plan by giving a general order that all Hebrew male babies to be cast into the river. Exodus one twenty two. Think about it. Get rid of all the babies. All boy babies, cast them into the river. What do you think about abortion today? Get rid of the babies. We don't need no more. It's too much. God said, be fruitful and multiply. And Satan said, get rid of them. By now, the circumstance of the Israelites was spoiling down. Exodus, the second, narrated the account of a family from the tribe of Levi who responded to this horrible ethic with remarkable faith. The mother, Ajayabel, gave birth to a male baby and hid him from the Egyptian. In Exodus 2 and 1, when she could no longer conceive him, she placed him in a small little ox along the banks of the Nile. The baby sister, Miriam, stood up all to wit what would be done to him. Exodus 2 and 4. God always have a plan. Praising yet provident twist of a circumstance. The prince of Egypt Pharaoh's daughter discovered the child as a prince. Maron summoned her mother to nurse the child. Ironically, J.L. Bell 
would receive government funds to nurse her own baby. Look at God. Place little Moses out there. Pharaoh's daughter come and see me. Took him. He was a Hebrew. Then calls his natural mother is to nourish him. Look at the power of Jesus. And see government funds to nurse her own baby who had been ordered to be drawn down or drawn out. The child was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter and lived in the royal court because he had been taken out from the reed along the Nile. They won't amen the royal court today, living in the royal. Royalty. They want to make your children out of royalty today. They want to give them the glamour of Hollywood. The world is trying to take God's children and make them, amen, come into a glamorous life. Show them the glitters of this world. Tell them a lie and make them feel like they're going to be a star. They took Moses. Amen. What you call it? Uh, when Moses was grown, he visited his oppressed relatives. His servant in Egypt was in bondage. Seeing them abused, he decided to take matter into his own hands. He murdered an Egyptian who was beaten, a Hebrew. Then he tried to break up a fight between two Hebrews, for he supposed his brother would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, for they understood it not. Moses was trying to help his brother a Hebrew. But he murdered the Egyptian. And somewhere in his mind, he knew that he was not a real Egyptian. Even though he was raised in the royal palace, where they rejected his effort as being the referral, Moses recognized that the murder he had committed was now public knowledge. And when he realized that it was public knowledge and he had killed an Egyptian, he knew he had to get out of that place. Even they loved him, but he knew he had killed one of them. With the raw edited out, for his arrest. Well, let me say the police was out for his arrest. He fleed to a region of media where he lived as a, a refuge until he was 80 years old, Acts 7 and 23. And during this time, 
he stayed with referring to as Jethro in Exodus 4 and 18. The priest of Midian, and he married his daughter, Sephora. In Exodus 2 and 21, he had already ran off. Forget an Egyptian. Now I go to the backside of the mountain. And he found a man a family out there, Jephro and his daughters. And he married Sephora, which was a black woman. And he was in trouble again. While Moses was, was living out the richness a rag of his queen as a shepherd in the desert of Midia. Thing was not fair well for the Hebrew back in Egypt. Constantly exploring by the Egyptian overlord. They cited the reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up under God by reason of their bondage. When God heard their groan, he remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. Exodus 2 and 24. The predicament had not escaped God's notice, and he was determined to do something about it. God, haven't forgot what you are going through with, is what I'm trying to relate to you. He hear your groan. Your groan is going up before the Lord. Thank God, amen, that when we face in a dilemma, we can call upon God. And he hears and responds to us. See Psalm 4, 1 and 3. When we come up against a dilemma that we can't handle, we can call on the name of Jesus that he will respond to us. Find it. Response, amen, was to commission, and he sent a man, the very Moses who had Miserable failed on his own to enact the Hebrew to deliver and whom they had rejected. When he tried to intervene in their conflict in Exodus 2, 1, and 15, he failed. You see, you can't do this thing on your own. You can't preach this gospel on your own. You can't go and do what you think, amen, is right. You got to be led by the Spirit of God. If you go on your own, you won't make a shipwreck. If you're trying to do what you want to do, you ain't gonna make it. You got to let God be allowed. Moses failed while leading beating sheep along the backside of the devil. And after arriving at Mount 
Herbal, mold of winning and amazing sight, a bunning bush that was not bunning up by the fire. A boy's addressing Moses from the bush, commanding him to remove his sandals, for he stood on holy ground. The boys identified himself as God of the father of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Exodus 3 and 6. God explained he knew the Hebrew situation and was about to respond by equipping and sending Moses to Egypt to deliver them. Exodus 3, 1 and 10. God let Moses know that I know what my children is going through with. Moses, I'm going to prepare you to go back to Egypt where you had killed the Egyptians. I'm sure as Moses felt, if they knew who he was, he was in trouble. But in the insurance dialogue, Moses revealed his unwillingness to participate in God's grand plan. Man, many men and women of God, when God have called you and have told you to go to a certain place, You'd have told the Lord, Lord, I, I don't want to go there. I'm afraid to go there. Moses was no different. When God sent him back, Moses protested. He said, not so fast. He surprised God with a list of objectives as to why he had mistaken, picked the wrong man for the job. God don't mistake when he pick you and call you to go preach the gospel. Many are called, but few are chosen. Moses implied that he was insignificant, that the peoples of Israel would not listen to him and that he was disqualified for the position because he lacked eloquence. Exodus 3 and 11. He was saying, God, I don't speak that plainly. I don't speak that well. And the children of Israel are not going to hear me because when I speak, I, I study. I blunder in trying to bring out words. But God don't make no mistake. He knows who to send. And he knows every one of our abilities. He answered the first objection. God told Moses who he was and assured Moses that he would be with him. After the second object, God used Moses to perform two miraculous signs. He turned a rod into a snake and then begged 
and back into a roar. Having his hand turned into leprosy and then restored whole. He demonstrated that that was God's power. Would accomplish him. God was showing him how powerful that he was. But Moses still didn't have the confidence. I'm the one to go down and deliver your children out of Egypt. After the third objection, God reminded Moses that he was the engineer behind the human voice. And would be with him. Now if God done told you to go. I don't care what man say. Amen. Obey the Lord. Peter say it's better to obey God. Than to obey man. After the reminding. Moses refused to go alone. He insisted that God would send someone else. Still could not get it through his head. He didn't want to go and face in that task. God, he allowed Aaron, Moses' brother, to serve as his spokesman. God always got somebody in to help you out. Most of all, individuals who had experienced God's calling have felt inadequately for the test. I can understand that, amen, because I certainly felt inadequate for the test when God first called me. I wanted to tell God some everything. I didn't have enough education to go out and preach before all them people. I wanted to make all kinds of excuses. But amen, that ain't what God wanted to hear. God called how the people have responded in a different way to the Lord's calling. Some rejected, some just plainly said, Lord, no, I ain't going. Some questioned what God is trying to do. And some are just willing. They just obey the Lord. No matter what it costs them. The prophet Jonah flees in the opposite direction when the Lord called him. And Mary says, Behold the Lord, handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. When the angel told her that she shall bring forward a son, and she said, be it unto me. Although we may not feel up to the test required by the calling of God, we should respond to his call with willingness and faith, knowing that he will be with us and he will empower us. I have learned that, amen, throughout these years. God is with us, and he will empower us. 
as he tells us to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You don't have to worry about, amen, the fear. God will cause fear to come off of you and put it on other people. All he wants you to do is to be willing. After much persuasion, Moses reluctantly agreed to God's original intent to send him to Pharaoh to secure the release of the people of God. Returning to his father-in-law's house, he practiced a burden of the line on him. Let me go. He told Jephro to let me go. In Exodus, amen, five and one. And that is the same slogan, amen, that he had with Pharaoh. God said, let my people go. And I want to say tonight, amen, you're living in a land. But amen, this land is not your home. You're still under bondage. But amen, as God sent Moses, God also sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God bless you. My time is up tonight, but I want to say tonight, God is still working miracles. And God, hear your cries tonight. Just keep on crying to the Lord. And I declare that he's going to deliver you. He's going to deliver you out of Egypt. Out of bondage, out of sin, out of trouble. He said, I go away to prepare a place for you. And where I am, there you may be also. God bless you. This is Dr. Moore saying, we love you tonight. Feast on the word of God. That was beautiful coming from Dr. Moore tonight. We say God speed and God bless. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.